Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now, he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, my friends, from the earliest of days as children, we fight to be first. Yeah, we fight to be at the front of the line. Being first in line, it actually makes us feel very proud and important. It feels good to have people following behind us and looking up to us. It feels good to have that place of honor, the place of security in front of the class. And there is more. When we are first in line, we feel indeed, as already mentioned, that sense of security. Being first in line removes fear of being last. And guess what? Being first in line as a child, it continues even to this day. We all long to do this. For example, when you are first in line for food, you never have to worry about getting enough food. When you're first in line for a movie theater, you do not have to worry about missing the beginning part of a movie, the beginning credits. As they say, the early bird catches the worm. The one who is first has the best chance for success. Whereas those who are at the back of the line, well, they are like those who snooze and lose. Indeed, we like to be first. It feeds our pride. It gives us security. It eliminates fear, being in the front of the line in life. But there's a catch-22. 
There's always a catch, as you know. Our sinful pride and fear that actually thrust us to the front of the line, well, it results on us trampling on others, stepping on the little guy and thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. See, there's always a fight to the front of the line when we try to be number one. I'm first. No, I'm first. I was here first. I'm better than you. Well, to complicate things even more, as soon as we have secured our so-called spot in the front of the line in life, whatever it may be, well, there's always somebody else that is looking to steal our spot, gunning for us. There will always be somebody stronger, somebody smarter, somebody more qualified to potentially knock us out of that number one spot, to knock us out of the front of the line, and yes, put us to the very back. And so, while it makes our pride swell and gives us a sense of security to be at the front of the line, we can also become extremely defensive. No doubt about it. Always trying to defend our position at the very front. When others try to get in front of us, well, we either have to work harder to be better than them, or we have to knock them down, oftentimes with slander and gossip, taking that rug out from underneath of them. It's really a big sigh, is it not? It's really a big sigh. It is a silly game that we all play. It is also a dangerous game as it plays right into our pride and our fear. Now, this whole game of trying to be at the front of the line is especially what Jesus is confronting in our gospel reading from this morning. You see, the Pharisees that Jesus is addressing in our gospel reading from Luke Those Pharisees, they loved to play this game. They indeed, they loved to play this game. They were always trying to be first in society, to be the uppity-up religious scholars of the day, to be the most important and honored people in society. Frankly, that is why they had such a big problem with Jesus. You see, they perceived Jesus as the one who might take their spot at the head of the line. Jesus threatened them. Indeed, he threatened them. But what they did not realize is that Jesus doesn't play foolish games like this. Jesus is not motivated by pride, and he's not motivated by fear. So the fact of the matter is this, he does not really care where his spot is in that line. In fact, Christ is much more comfortable at the very back. After all, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life for everyone. Now, this is why Jesus told the Pharisees a parable. He told them a parable of a great wedding banquet with open seats. Now, guess who came to that banquet were expected to give the good seats to those who had the highest rank. The most prestigious people sat in those chief seats. But as we have already heard, that sinful pride of humanity, it kicks in and then fear comes along to boot And so we worry that we won't be noticed in life. We fear, yes, we fear sitting at the end of the table with losers will make us off the radar of important people. We fear being left out of conversations. We fear being out of a certain clique. We fear not getting enough to eat. And so fear sets in and steers us away from those bad seats to the great table where the good seats are. But this is where a bigger problem comes about. To sit in the prestigious seats, we must be great. 
After all, those are to be service seats for those who are the greatest, the most prestigious. And so to sit there, we must be somebody. And so we end up having to pretend that we are awesome. We elevate ourselves up, hiding our faults, exalting our strengths. And then once we are puffed up, we go and we claim those seats for ourselves, those prestigious seats, being first in the line with elevated noses and a smug face shaking our head in disgust to all those other losers beneath us who are lesser than us. What a trap. God have mercy. What a trap, dear friends. You see, when we seek to be the first one in the line, or if we seek to sit in the prestigious places, we're actually letting fear and pride lead us. And this fear and pride they actually lead us out of reality into an imaginary fairy tale where we're disconnected from reality. Now, bluntly stated, and I do not enjoy saying this, but it needs to be said right here and right now, and that is this. You and I are not that special. I hate to break it to you, but you and I, we are simply not that special. We just aren't. If you think that you are something special in high school sports, you have let your pride deceive you, for you are nothing compared to college sports and even less compared to professional athletes. If you think that you are something special in Minot's society, among the high rollers of Minot, well, you've let your pride deceive you again, for you are nothing compared to the societies in Fargo and even less compared to all the societies in New York City. If I think that I am something special as a pastor... I've let my pride deceive me. The fact of the matter is this, is I am nothing compared to theologians like Martin Luther and even less compared to the Apostle Paul. The point being, my friends, when your sinful pride is driven by fear and pride, we imagine goodness and greatness that we do not have, that we do not possess. To think that we're even worthy to sit at prestigious tables, to be at the front of the line shows just how ignorant and stupid and foolish we are. You and me, especially me. We're simply not that good. If we think that we're worthy of these positions of honor and prestige, our pride and our fear, well, they'll eventually lead us straight to humiliation as there's always someone better than us, always somebody that is stronger than us. This is why Jesus says that if we walk around with our noses in the air, we will end up flat on our faces. This is exactly what happened, my friends. Keep in mind what happened with Adam and Eve, our first parents. If you can recall, a line was drawn in the sand for Adam and Eve. God said, you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for the day that you eat it, you will surely die. They were not to eat of that tree. It was above them. They were to leave it to God, hands off. Ah, but what does God know? We won't die, thought Adam and Eve. And so pride, yes, the pride goes before destruction. And dear friends, it continues to this day. You see, when we elevate ourselves over God, and when we puff ourselves up more than we ought to, we are setting ourselves up for certain failure. The Lord God, he opposes the proud. What goes up? with pride will always come down with humiliation. But this brings up a big challenge. 
It's a big challenge for us to consider. A very, very difficult challenge. You see, it is difficult and very fearful for us to be at the end of the line. Let's admit it. Humility, it actually hurts, and it leaves us with a sense of vulnerability. Nobody likes to be at the end of the line. Nobody likes to be a loser. Nobody wants to be alone by themselves at the end of the line. Nobody likes to be at the bottom of a social structure. Everyone knows that when you are last, you're often forgotten. Everyone knows that when you sit at the table with rejects, you are often overlooked. Now, dear friends, all of this may be true according to the world, but it is not true according to Christ. You see, the world operates, get this, on the basis of fear and pride. The world does not function by faith. And so, if you let your pride and you let your fear have their way with you, you will always be seeking to be at the front of the line. If you let your fear and pride have their way with you, you will always be bound, continually seeking out those prestigious spots in life, always seeking to be at the front, always defending to be at the front, always looking over your shoulder when you finally reach the very front, never satisfied, never resting. What misery always seeking, fighting, and striving to be first. This is not freedom. This is not freedom, but utter and total bondage. But this is not who you are. This is not who you are. You are baptized saints, blessed saints of St. Paul. The kingdom of God does not operate based upon fear, and it does not operate based on pride, but it operates upon faith. You see, we need to remember that Jesus did not come for religious superstars or American idols or so-called cream of the crop. Jesus came for the sin sick. He came for sinners. And so if you worry about being at the end of the line, don't. (laughs) Don't. If you worry about being alone, don't. If you're worried about being a loser, don't worry. Christ did not come to be at the front of the line. You are not chasing him down at the very front, but he came to be at the very back of the line so that you might never escape his grace and his love and his mercy. He came to be at the back. Never forget that Jesus set aside the privileges of his deity and he took on the status of a slave. In his birth, Jesus did not claim any special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life so that he might descend so low and so far back in that line by dying on the cross that you might never, that you might never escape his forgiveness and life and love and salvation. And so, what we are hearing today is it really does not matter where you are in the lines of life. Whether you're in the front, in the middle, or the end, it does not matter. Your social status does not matter. Who you know and where you sit in the grand table of life really means nothing before God Almighty. And the reason why, it's quite simple. Your greatest promotion, mark this, your greatest promotion, your greatest promotion and your greatest identity are that the Father... God the Father calls you his beloved baptized saints because of Jesus. And there's more. We come into the sanctuary. We come right here into the sanctuary week after week. 
We stand shoulder to shoulder. We confess our sins and thought, word, and deed that we have made a mess of our lives throughout the entire week, that we've been at the very back of the line, dragging and muddling through life. And Christ, he hears this confession and he does not despise you. He does not turn his back on you with disgust and go and dine with the angels. He doesn't forsake you looking for religious superstars and American idols. No He invites humble sinners like you and me to a place of honor. He invites you today to a place of honor, dear friends. He invites you to his table as his honored guests. Right here, right now. To feast on his holy blood and body for the forgiveness of all of your sins. He invites every single one of you and me to this most prestigious table to receive the most prestigious of meals himself for you. Baptized saints, it is quite simple. When pride and when fear lead us to the front of the line, well, we will be humbled and rightfully so. But in humility, when we beat our chest in repentance, confessing our sins, we may trust that Jesus will not forget us or forsake us, but he exalts us, claiming us naming us as his baptized saints, and then giving us places of honor at his table to feast with him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The, the Lord, Lord bless and keep you. you.